Welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help you grow in your walk with the Lord by an in-depth study of the Word of God. So grab your Bible and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with today's message. Uh, the narrative has changed. I was listening to Michelle Bachman on Jan Markell's program uh, yesterday. And, you know, it's good to hear another voice like Michelle said the same thing we've been saying. But she's right. I mean, they have changed the narrative to where we're the enemy now. We're the problem. And conservatives, Christians, whatever, whatever uh, uh, views we hold as far as conservatives or Christians, that's now terroristic that's racist that's whatever and it has no place in our society and so they're they're purging our society of people like you and I and especially the churches that's happening and i think that's something that we need to prepare for and understand and realize that uh the lord's got us here for a reason and he's going to protect us and he's going to make a way through all of this and I think that's why I think looking at Israel and their situation in Exodus parallels kind of what we're going through in many ways. Um, what you're going to see today is God's going to prepare a path in the sea for them, okay? And what you're going to see is how God directs Israel. So he's been telling them to sit, stay, stop, watch me work, don't do anything. We looked at that last week. But then he's going to tell them today, move forward. And it's, it's, that's how we're to respond to the Lord. If we don't know what to do, we just stay there. Wait patiently until that door opens. And then when that door opens, boom, you go through. So in your own personal life, especially in this time period, God is going to show you a path. It's his path, not our path. It's his, it's, it's what he wants us to do. It's the path he wants us to take. Now, obviously, there's only one path. The path is through Jesus Christ in salvation. But this path of sanctification also is the path that we need to be on. And sometimes it's really hard to find that path because there are now so many voices out there telling us where the path is. And if you look at the Internet, they're leading Christians astray. I think at this point in time, you should realize what you've seen in the last few months, that there's a lot of people who say they're for you, say they're for us, and yet have led many people astray. They are false flags everywhere. This QAnon junk is an internet cult that sucked in a lot of Christians because they were conservative, but if you look at their theology, they said Donald Trump's going to reign in the Messianic age. And they're like, uh, that doesn't square with the Bible. You guys are crazy. And so a lot of Christians have jumped on these paths on the Internet. Uh, oh, this guy's predicted that God told him that Donald Trump is um, going to have another four years. Uh, okay. Uh, that's called being a false prophet. And at the end of the day... All these voices are out there saying they're on your side, and really, they're not. They're Satan's emissaries that have been sent to distract you, to get you off the path. That's what's happening on the Internet. Be very careful who you listen to on that Internet. There's a lot of crazies out there who claim to be on your side and my side. There's really only one side. It's God's side. Now, Joshua, 
he had this come to him one time, and, and he, his mind wasn't thinking straight when he's getting ready to attack Jericho. And in this scene in Joshua, do we have that on the screen? Are we out? Oh, there it is. Okay. This is Joshua 5, and this is right before they attacked Jericho. And I want you to see Joshua's mindset, okay? He says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite of him with his sword drawn in his hand. That man is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus would appear as the captain of the Lord's army or um, the angel of the Lord. But this is Jesus who Joshua is in front of, okay? Um, And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So that's the wrong question. That's the question that a lot of people are asking. God, are you on my path or are you on their path? And a lot of Christians, unfortunately, think, well, I'm on this path and God's going to jump on my path. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. You don't make your own path. God makes the path, and we're to jump on his. We're to be on his side of the path, so to speak. And and that's important, because look what the Lord said. So he said, no, or in Hebrew, it's neither. But as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped, obviously because the captain of the Lord's army is God, and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? So when Joshua realized that's the wrong question to ask, what side are you on, Lord? And the Lord says, neither. Basically, the Lord was saying, you need to be on my side. And so when Joshua's mind got uh, figured out here, and, and then he responds correctly. What does the Lord, my Lord, say to his servant? What do you want me to do? And that's where we have to be on this path. When you're on the Lord's path, and we're going to delineate how to know when you're on the Lord's path, when you're on it, the question you always have to ask yourself, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? It's not what do I want to do or what do I think is best for me and my family. You ask yourself, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that keeps you on the path. Because I can tell you this. The threats that are coming, the persecution that's coming is going to try to make you afraid and to try to force you off the path. Think about this, how easy it is to get off the path. Have you seen so many Christians get off the path lately? So many. And and the the idea is, well, you know, after several years or whatever of conditioning, you're starting to see uh, Christians cave in on, on their theology, so now a lot of Christians are they're saying, well, yeah, I guess uh, two men can be married and two women can be married. I guess that's okay, because 50% of Christendom says it's okay. Or how about the gender thing? I mean, you're seeing a lot of Christians buy in as, well, it's, it's whatever you feel. You know, you know, if there's 52 genders, I guess you can pick one of the 52. There's not just two anymore. And so they're starting to cave in on that stuff. See, that path is easier. Because if you come out one day out of the closet and say, you know what, I'm a guy, but I think I'm a girl, and I'm going to take hormone blockers and become a girl, that path will be so easy for you, you'll actually be applauded and be considered a cultural hero like Bruce Jenner. Now, yeah, you can see how easy that is to, to get the accolades of our culture. But you go against that and say, no, nah, man, there's only two genders. You're born a guy, you're born a girl. Oh, that's, that's racist. 
That's, that's mean. I can't believe you said that. He feels like a girl. How dare you tell him he can't feel that way? Well, what if I feel like a horse? What if I feel like a camel? What if I feel like a chicken? Well, I mean, what, do I get to have those freedoms? What if I feel retired? How about that? Can I retire? Well, I feel retired. No, you're not 65. I like to tell Social Security, I'd like to retire right now. Well, you think they're going to buy? No, they're going to buy that. But you know what I'm saying. It's crazy. But see, people are choosing the path of least resistance because they don't want the pushback. And so these paths are going to be laid out in front of us, and we've got to be real careful about it. So here's what I want to do. I want to go into the text. This is Exodus 14. I want to look at God now telling Israel, now move, okay, and, and how to understand that because he's going to do that in your life right now. So Exodus 14, and we'll start in verse 15, and it says this. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, just unpack that little passage right there. The idea here is, why do you cry to me? Again, it's not that they're crying out to save that the Lord saved them, they're complaining. That's what they're crying is. They're complaining about things. And, and the idea is, uh, Moses tried to settle them down, but the Lord's rebuking Israel. Stop complaining. Now, I don't know about you. I have been complaining since the election. And I have complained for, I don't know, three months now, because I'm, I'm livid at what I'm seeing. And I'm thinking, you know, I start the complaining, and I know, I know. And, and what he's tell, telling Israel, uh, I think the Lord's telling me, uh, Brandon, just shut up. Quit complaining. You need to quit complaining because, Brandon, the world is going this way. I already told you it was going this way. It's supposed to go this way. And you're sitting here complaining that you're not going to get your life back. Uh, and, and so I've been wrestling with that. I think I finally come to the point of realizing I got to let go and realize where the way things are going. But, uh, the first thing he tells Israel is, Israel, you got to stop this complaining. You got to quit whining. Okay. Then he goes in and says, now, uh, tell the children t- to go forward. Now, this is key. He tells them to basically start preparing. It's at night, by the way, because the next day they're going to go through the Red Sea. Move forward. Now, he's telling them to move forward towards the Red Sea, but it hasn't split yet. Now, that is key because he's wanting them to have faith. You can almost imagine the grumblings. Why are you wanting us to go this way when we're going to march right into the ocean? Or march right into the, the Gulf of Aqaba? It's not even, they don't even know it's going to be split. They have no idea. He just says, I need you to go this way. Now that takes a lot of faith. But I'm going to tell you, when God opens the door, you will not see down the line. You will not see how this is going to happen. How are you and I going to make it through this evil time? Boy, I would sure love to, to sit down with the Lord. And he says, okay, Brandon, uh, this is what we're going to do. And that's when ha- month number six is what's going to happen. And month number eight, that's gonna, he doesn't do that. What does the Lord do? One step at a time. The door opens and he says, take one step. And you're going to say, Lord, I don't see how anything is going to happen. This is impossible. I'm going into the impossible. And, it's a, and, and he's saying, let me handle the impossible. Just do what I told you to do. Take one step. 
Okay. That's what he's asking us right now in this time period. Because we're hemmed in. I don't, I don't know what the next move, because guys, I've never been down this path. Neither have you. I have never seen the church become an enemy in the United States. I know how it is on other countries, but I've never seen this happen in our country. I've never seen where half of the population is now being criminalized. I've never seen that before. So I honestly don't know either. I've never been down this path. So all I can do is tell you what the next step is, what the Lord's guiding our church or myself, and you can only know what the next step is for you and your family. Other than that, I don't know. And that's okay. That's okay. That's the walk of faith. But let me tell you something about the path. When he says to go forward, and, he, and he's going to open a path for you, he's going to make the possible, the impossible happen. There's several things why this path is being made available to you. And here's where I want you to get some application in understanding your personal life with the Lord. God is not just removing Israel from Egypt. He's taking them to something to do something through them. Okay, they're going to be a holy nation, a mediatorial nation to the to the nations. They're going to take the light out to the Gentiles, to all the nations, the good news. Okay, and so they have a, a job to do. So this goes into understanding how the Lord calls us, to, and this show, shows you how the path looks. So, for instance, let me go through this, and this is a diagnostic that you and I can go through. Number one, God moved Israel towards spiritual maturity. That's the first thing. He's taking them out of Egypt, and they're immature at this point. They have very little theology, very little understanding, and he's going to take them into the desert with Moses, and he's going to train them theologically there so they can spiritually mature and mature enough to where they can go into the promised land and fight a fight. A spiritual battle, because it's a holy war. It's satanic, demonic, all kinds of stuff that Israel's going to go through in the promised land. Folks, if God has opened a door for you to go through, it will be a path that creates more spiritual maturity for you, not less. If you say, well, I'm going to take my family this way, and I'm going to take this way, we're going to go this way, does that help your family spiritually? Does it create more maturity in your kids or your teenagers or your wife or, or you or, or whoever I'm talking to? Can you honestly say that we're going down this path and this is going to mature us? If you can't, you're on the wrong path. A couple other things. Does the path make me more holy? See, Israel is going to go from Egypt out there in the desert to be taught what holiness is, to, to be taught purity laws and all kinds of, of, of morals and ethics that they did not have in Egypt. And a lot of the Israelites are carrying a lot of the Egyptian religion with them still. That's why when Moses goes on the mountain and they, they, he comes down, and what are they doing? A golden calf worshiping the, that. And you're like, oh, man, you still have a bunch of Egypt in you. The idea is I'm going to move Israel so they can become a holy nation. The idea for you and I is no matter where God is moving you, it will be a move towards more holiness, more righteous behavior in your life, in your family's life. Okay? 
You have to think through that because a lot of people right now are being tempted to run. I get it. You want to run. But folks, that's a, a big mistake. Let me give you some other clues of what, what this path meant for Israel. It meant that they would go to a place where they would expand their ministry to other people. Okay? That's a big, big principle. When God opens that door, it will be to expand your, your skills, your talents, the gifts he's given you to expand your ministry. You will not go to a place where you're lessened in your ministry, your personal ministry. That's, that's wrong. Now, look, for instance, let me give you this 24-hour fitness thing that we're going to. That 24-hour fitness allows us to do more ministry. That's how I know there's a, in reading this whole situation, it's a green light. God would not deny that because he wants that from us. He wants us to expand our ministry. And the same is with you. If you decide to take a path because it's more safe, you will find yourself not expanding your ministry and you will know you're not on the path. If you're doing less, if you're doing less, then you're not on the path. A couple of other things I, I will throw out there that Israel... Uh, was moving towards. They're moving towards correct theology. Now, they don't, they, they, Israel in Egypt has just very embryonic, base level, like kindergarten level understanding of who God is, okay? And it will, they are going to go in the desert and they're going to be educated and trained up by Moses, obviously, and they're going to learn very high theology about who Yahweh is, what he expects, and so forth. So they're moving from, from a lack of theology to greater theology. This is going to be very important in the days ahead. The churches, the remnant churches out there who are taking people deep instead of taking people shallower are going to be the paths that God leads people to. The circus that has been going on for decades in the United States is over now. Because that, those kinds of churches that stay at a kindergarten level in their education cannot sustain persecution. They cannot help you in persecution. They are leaderless. And this idea that, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many years I've heard this nonsense where people make decisions to go to a particular church because it's comfortable. My friends are there. My teenager likes the rock climbing wall. What? You made a decision to go to a church that lacks theology because your teenager can climb a rock. How has that teenager been prepared for what's about to come? They're not ready. They're going to get swallowed up. In fact, what I can predict is they'll compromise. Because they have not been trained up in theology. They have not understood the depths of maturity because they're going to a church that's at a kindergarten level. Joel Osteen can't help that person. Rick Warren can't help that person. 
Well, people say, I like to go to this church because, man, the worship is so great. They got the fog machine, and then they got a laser light show before I come, and it's really cool. Come on. That's clown stuff. That's worshiptainment. And then the pastor gets up there. He spends off 20 minutes talking about himself and his wife. How has he educated the, the, the flock? See, you know I'm speaking to the choir, but you know who I'm talking about. You know what's out there. You know why they do what they do. And those Christians who have decided to take the easier path, the, 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 the road that's most traveled, are not prepared for the battle that's coming. I'm telling you, you're going to see more than what you thought. And I'm not meaning to scare you, but it's coming. The great purge is happening. And now think about this with Israel. What are they preparing for? Why do they need such high theology? Because they're going to go into the promised land and fight a bunch of pagans. And the pagans are going to try to tempt Israel to compromise into accepting their theology and doing a synchronistic version of Yahweh worship with Baal worship or Asherah worship. And I'm telling you, that's what's happening in the churches. The temptation is we're just going to go and go along to get along. And then the false doctrine will enter into those, those Laodicean churches. And because their people are not educated spiritually, they will incorporate the whore of Babylon's teachings. They will start saying there's 52 genders. They will say there's nothing wrong with gay marriage. They will say, I don't think you guys should be talking prophecy, man. That's scaring people. Yeah, we're just going to pretend that we're in a bubble and nothing's happening. I like that. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you where the big one's going to come. The church is going to turn on Israel. Already the church, the majority of churches are replacement theology. They replace the church with Israel. And they see no prophetic significance with the nation of Israel. And again, being pro-Israel doesn't mean we're pro-Israeli government or the, some of the stupid moves they make. We are pro-Jew. We are pro-land. It's them. That's, what, that's theirs. God has them, and he has a plan for them. Okay, you're going to see... People, Christians, start becoming anti-Semitic. They're going to listen to these crazy voices on the Internet, and they're going to say, you know that George Soros, he's a Jew, you know that? And the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, these are all Jews. And there seems to be a, a, a Jewish cabal trying to run the whole world. It's the Jews that are the problem. And watch what happens. Those who are not grounded in the Scriptures will turn on the Jews like a sheep-killing dog. Why do you think Israel is being drawn back to Israel? Because persecution is going to start here in America towards the Jews. Not just the Christians, but the Jews. And the, and the church will help that. The false church. The Laodicean church. No joke, man. You're going to see it. You're already seeing it now. It's already, they're already talking. So with that being said, God is leading Israel to that. So if he's doing that to Israel, he's going to do that for you. You've got to go through those diagnostic questions and ask, does this make me more spiritual, more mature, or not? Let's continue on. Verse 10, uh, sorry, verse 16. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. The idea here is that Moses 
is to lift his hands and hold that rod. Now, the focus is, for Israel, is not to focus in on Moses, but to focus in on the rod. Why? The rod represents like seven different things of God. It represents the presence of God. It represents the power of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, the promises, the presence, the preparation. All of these things are symbolized in the rod. And why does God tell Moses, lift up your hands and lift up that rod? Because he doesn't want Israel focusing on the man, Moses. In many Jewish circles, they, uh, you know, uh, they will hyperventilate Moses, man. He's like a demigod. And Moses is not to be looked at like that. God wants Israel to understand that rod, it's that God's power is doing this, not Moses. It's God doing it. Now, that's a simple principle, but it's a principle we need to apply right now. What you have just seen over the last year, three months, four months, whatever you want to say, what you have seen is that Christians have put their hope in people in politics. I mean, think about this. Two weeks ago, people were saying, oh, we know Pence, man. He's going to do the right thing. And he's going to reject those votes from uh, those swing states. We just know Pence is a good guy. He's a good Christian. He'll stop it. Crickets. 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 He did nothing. The coward, or he was bought off, or whatever, didn't do what Christians wanted him to do. Well, you know, the Supreme Court, they're really, you know, we got the, you know, we got, we got several conservative Supreme Court justices on. The, I'm sure they're not going to let this evidence go by. I'm sure they wouldn't because there's mounting evidence all over the place that the election was stolen. Why would they not take a look at this? And then what happened to the Supreme Court? Crickets, crickets, crickets. Then you saw Republicans. They were supposed to be on the conservative side turn and go to the other side. You saw the media outlets, Fox News, all these other news outlets, turn, go to the other side. And then you had even conservative media outlets calling the, the people who went through the Capitol, which were Antifa people, uh, Trump supporters, when there really weren't. Why? Because they're all on that side. You can't trust them. What God has been showing us is focusing on the rod Christians, don't focus in on the man. These people that you see, that you think you're, you're going to have hope in, they're not. Only Jesus Christ is where we put our hope. Only God's plan is where we put our hope. Not in anyone we think. You don't know, think about how crazy QAnon was. QAnon went out there and said, Trump's going to go and arrest all these guys. And again, I, I, I appreciate what all that Trump did. But they made him into a Messiah figure, the QAnon cult. And he said, you know, Trump's going to go and arrest all these guys, and, 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 and then he's going to usher in the millennium. Uh, millennium? Uh, you're confusing Trump with Jesus. Uh, you can't do that one. Only Jesus ushers in the kingdom. And they were saying, oh, we're going to have a third great awakening, and this is all this QAnon source and stuff, and there's all kinds of internet cults out there. But what they were doing is painting Trump as a Messiah figure. How did that Messiah figure go? Now, I appreciate all that Trump did. They turned on him. They turned on him. Obviously, that didn't happen, what QAnon said. And a lot of these other false prophets on the Internet. That should go into the bank of false prophecies because many of these people said they had direct revelation from God and that God told them this is what's going to happen. 
and it didn't. Guess what? Deuteronomy 18 says if you make one false prophecy, you're a false prophet. That's it. So all of these crazy nut jobs on the internet that claim to be Christians, claim they got revelation from God, are false prophets leading people to the wrong path. That's what they are doing. Satan, you do think Satan's going to come in his full ugliness and try to tempt you? No, no. He's going to come as an angel of light. He's going to say, man, I'm for you, dude. I'm on your side. And then, you, you, oh, yeah, man, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump's going to wrestle these people. I got you. Hook, and then he's got you. Then the lies come out. Yeah, he's going to usher in the thousand-year reign of Christ. What? Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But that's the idea of the rod. Who are you to focus in on right now? Jesus and him only, his word. That's it. No other man, not even pastors. Don't even trust me. I could be a sheep in wool's clothing. You know that? Then I'm just leading you down the primrose path, and about six months from now, I'm going to introduce false doctrine. You don't trust me because I could be one of them. Who do you trust? Jesus, the scriptures, right? That's who you always trust. That's all your, your fallback. Let's continue on. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. Now, this is interesting that the idea is uh, he's going to split the sea, but the ground is going to be dry. Well, that's important because if he split the sea and didn't dry the ground, well, that's it's a sandy bottom. Uh, and I'll show you this next week, the underwater area, the land bridge that goes under the, uh, the Gulf of Aqaba. But it's all sand. It's not like coral or rock or anything. It's just all sand. So if he split the sea but didn't dry out the ground, they're going to slosh through that, and they're not going to be able to get through that. It's just it's going to bog them down, their animals, the elderly, the children, all that stuff. So God even dries out the ground. Now, why is that spiritually significant? It's spiritually significant because it points to when God makes a path, he removes stumbling blocks in that path. Now, you probably, you know, remember the phrase in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will what to your path? It says in the English, straighten or make straight. The Hebrew says something different. It doesn't necessarily mean make straight. It means that he will clear the rocks off the path so that your foot will not stumble when you're on it. That's what it means to make your path straight. It's like he's swiping the ground from any barriers that keeps you walking, doing his will. Now, knowing that, even if he puts a path in front of you and it looks impossible, just keep walking. He will clear the path as you walk, not before, but as you walk, you will clear that path. Let me add one more thing to this. When you're on that path, guess who's going to pursue you? Pharaoh, or really Satan, and his demonic forces. So Israel's going to go on this path, and they're going down in it, and behind them is Pharaoh coming right after them. Pharaoh wants them back. He wants to take them back to Egypt. He wants to kill them, annihilate them, make them slaves. Do you think Satan is going to be content with you getting on God's path and staying on that path and that you are not going to get any opposition on that path? Oh, wait. 
The minute you jump on that path, Satan's coming after you. He's going to try to get you off of it by deception. That'll be the main tool. He'll get you off it by sin, or he'll get you off of it by your own family, because your own family will try to pull you off of it many times. And you have to have enough guts and enough spiritual strength to stay on there and not let your family pull you off, not, not let Satan pull you off or tempt you into doing something stupid. Stay on that path, but expect hindrances. But as long as you keep moving forward, God clears the path. He makes a way for you. Let's continue on. Verse 17, it says this, and I look, and I, sorry, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And again, it's not that I'm repeating this, but every time you turn around in the scripture, it's I'm hardening his heart and I'm hardening his heart and I'm hardening his heart. Why? Because God is trying to make the point. Pharaoh's heart is already hardened, but I'm going to strengthen him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. I'm going to allow them to do this and I'm going to make the way easy for them. This is, cause see, here's what would happen. Think about the scenario. So Israel's going towards the sea and then it splits open. And I'll show you this next week, but the sea splits and we know that this land bridge is 2,500 feet below sea level. It has a 5% grade, it levels and then it goes 5% up. It's a perfect grade. I mean, you could roll a handicap, uh, you know, a vehicle through that, uh, you know, a wheelchair, and it would be totally fine. So God, God makes an unbelievable structure under the sea for Israel to cross. Okay. Well, again, the water over the, 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 the sea basin is 2,500 feet. So you'll see it next week. He moves the, the, the waters. And the Hebrew says it creates a wall with the waters. The wall of waters is 2,500 feet in height. Not some little thing. In height, 2,500 feet. So as a believer, you can imagine Israel would be scared. We're going to go through this. Who's going to hold this up? I hope God just keeps holding this thing up. But as an unbeliever, what would you think? I'm not going in there. Forget, that would freak me out. I'm not going in there, because what if it collapses? But God strengthened Pharaoh's heart so that he would pursue them and go right into the trap, go right into the heart of the Red Sea. There's a reason behind that. And it's the reason today why all these knuckleheads are getting away with things. Let me show you these big tech guys. You know who I'm talking about. These guys rule the world, they think. They want to continue to rule the world. Billionaires, billionaires, the richest people on the face of the planet, right? And what are they doing? They're, they're kicking you and I out of this culture, right? We, I'm, I just got out of YouTube jail. I'm on, I'm on probation now, I guess. And, and poor Randy, that guy who makes our, our prophecy videos, I think he's still in jail. He gets out in a couple weeks or something like that. I don't know. I mean, think about that. They're putting people in jail for speaking the truth, right? But these guys are doing it. These guys. And then the other ones, the, the global leaders, the politicians, the, the, you know, the, the, you know, the cast of characters, Winnie the Pooh, you have, uh, uh, what, uh, I mean, he, Winnie the Pooh is about the most evilest man to walk on this planet, along with the Ayatollahs and, and, and Putin. These guys are hardcore and rocket man over there. China owns us right now. He, China owns our politicians right now. Winnie the Pooh controls them. 
No doubt, man. And, and, and so these people are doing it. And then we have our own politicians that are just crazier than a bed bug. I'm listening to some of these politicians like AOC. When I listen to her, it's like, it's like, listen, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be mean about this, but it's listening to the most arrogant individual I have ever heard. And it's just like, oh, you have no idea what you're talking about. She's given talking points from the globalists and then she repeats them and stuff like that. But these people think they're accomplishing something. And they don't know that their hearts have been strengthened to do the evil they're doing, and they're going into the trap of the water, and they're going to be consumed by the water eventually. And that's where it's heading. That's where it's going. Let's continue on. And why does God do all of this? So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his enemy, or his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, or Yahweh, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. So when you look at that, God is saying, I'm doing all this to gain glory so that the world will know that I am Yahweh, that Egyptians know I'm Yahweh, that all the people of this world will know who the one true God is. And I'm going to tell you this, the same is true today. I know we're swirling in a, in a, in a, I don't, cauldron of evil, man. It is bad. I've never seen it like this. But God sits on his throne and laughs, the scriptures say. He's laughing at them, knowing that they're fulfilling his purposes, that what is the purpose? And you know it best. One day, show those pictures again of those, uh, those. yeah, there you go. If these people don't come to faith in Christ, they will go through the tribulation. And whether they're alive or they're resurrected at the end of the tribulation, if they make it through the tribulation, I already know what's going to happen. And so do you. And when Jesus returns at the second coming with us, and we get to see this, just like Israel's going to see this, what you will see is everyone will be on their knees at the second coming. Whether you're volunteering your knee or you're forced on your knee, but everyone will be on their knee. And according to the Apostle Paul, every knee will bow and every tongue will do what? Confess. Whether it's voluntar- voluntarily from you or it's forced out of your mouth they will all confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is Yahweh, that he is the one true God. Not them, not Mark Zuckerberg, not Nancy Pelosi, not Winnie the Pooh, not any of these people, the Bill Gates of the world, the Antichrist, Satan. None of them are Yahweh. There's only one, and that day is coming. Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for downloading the Anchor Podcast. We hope this study was a blessing to you. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. 
Also, check out our YouTube channel, Rock Harbor Church Prophecy Update, where we focus on signs of the times and present a wide range of sermons and discipleship lessons. So until next time, keep looking up, for our redemption draws near.